Good Monday evening. Uh, I would love to say that today was a take your pants off Monday, but it is not. Um, welcome to another edition of the Sideline Junkies DC Sports Rundown. It's me, it's me, it's the big guy KG. Joined tonight uh, by two gentlemen that I know is going to shoot straight all night long. They're going to give it to you real. They're going to give it to you wrong. That's the boss BJ, the Midnight Rider Ben. Uh, gentlemen, of course, how we started off first and foremost. How y'all doing tonight? Everybody in celebration, right? Just fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, you are just fine. like a man who's only team only team one um yesterday. That's what it sounds like. Hey man, I can't control those, you know. I can't that's outside of my control realm. All I can do is pay the fines to the FCC. That's all I can do. Mm. All right. Midnight Rider, how you feeling tonight? I'm good, man. Just last second running around trying to get situated. Um, I forgot all about DX 25th. Uh, I was more worried about Bray coming back. So, mm-hmm. And now we covered that uh, on the WrestleManiacs uh, Extreme Rules React. Um, that was moment of the night, but match of the night. Once again, I'll say it again. Bailey versus Bianca. Excellent ladder match. If you haven't watched that, please go to Peacock and rewatch that. Um, we were supposed to get into this show last night, but due to technical difficulties and me fat fingering shit, you know, I'm 41 now and I'm just messing everything up. I just I can't get it right. I type like this now. This is how I type now. So uh I messed it all up. But uh here we are tonight. Uh man, let's start this thing off right because I ain't even did it right and Lady C, she says, uh, well, the bull whooped my ass last night. Well, the bull's whooping my ass right now because I ain't doing it right. But here we go. Yesterday's game, 21 to 17. Uh, Washington took the L. Uh, they almost came through on my prediction of six sacks. They got five. But we're going to start off with offense first. Now, <laughs> if you would have joined us last night, you would have understood where a lot of this came from because I'm repeating a lot of things. Last last night, Carson Wentz, 25 of 38, 359, two touchdowns, and a pick to seal the game. Brian Robinson led the team in rushing nine carries, 22 yards. Uh, Wentz even had five carries for 15. Antonio Gibson was barely sighted. Two, uh, three carries, six yards. Dayami Brown, two catches, 105, and two touchdowns. Scary Terry, five for 76. Curtis Samuel, six for 62. John Bates, three for 39. J.D. McKissick, five for 37. Antonio Gibson had three catches for 33. And, of course, Cam Sims and his one catch for seven, which should have been more. But uh, offensively, overall, please stop it with the Cam Sims. Stop it. Every time I say his name, this is what you do. But overall, offensively, we'll start with the boss, B.J., and then we'll finish up with the Midnight Rider. Uh, offensively, up oh, shoot, I hit the wrong thing. All right, offensively, overall, what do you give the grade for this team? Offensively, <sighs> offensively yesterday, and I, I think it's the I can never say his name. Right? Is it Diami Brown? How do you say his name? Diami Brown. Whether however you say his name, irrelevant. The two catches. For whatever, a buck, whatever, two touchdowns. Like, they, those were the highlights of the afternoon for the offense. Um, they couldn't get anything going on the ground, which hurt them. 
Um, I mean, it's just so much to unpack here. There's the mismanagement of time. Uh, but for me, I'll give the overall grade for the offense a C minus. C minus. Um, I could go D plus, but I'm going to go C minus just because of the two big play touchdowns. You get to see why Carson Wentz was kind of bought in him because he has a big arm. He can make those plays downfield. Um, it's just everything else we're questioning now. So. so I see it with actually the same grade. I got a C minus. My big takeaway was, yes, they finally found De'Ami Brown. But for some reason, this offense still lacks the ability to get its main players touches. Um, main player being Terry, Terry McLaurin in this situation. Uh, what also bothers me is just the lack of attempt to stay with the run game, trying to just get something done in the running department. It's just it's mind-boggling to me that some of the, the ratio we're at in terms of run the pass, um, it's just, I don't know. It's like we can't get anything consistent. You don't start off the game well with, with drives, so I, I don't mind you deferring. But the other problem is if you're not going to try to steal points at, before the half, then there's no need to, to the defer. You might as well just go ahead and take the ball um, in the beginning of the ball game. I mean, if you're not going to take advantage of what's supposed to be a natural swing or a momentum builder, then it's just it's pointless to me. That's all I got. Let me say this, and you guys were generous with your grades. Uh, you said C minus. I'm, hmm. I guess I can go with C minus. I mean, that's generous because that team they played pretty damn well for three quarters. Well, four quarters, not quite. Three quarters and mm, thirteen minutes. They played very very well on offense. Um. Didn't see a lot of trust way, but the defense, which we'll get to, did his job. But that Tennessee defense made it hard. You know, BJ, he commented that, and he said it in pregame. He said, this team is fast. They're fast. And we couldn't get separation. But when we finally did get separation, you see things happen. So, uh, hey, Carson was brought in here for a reason. Statistically, he's having an amazing season, but it's not reflecting with the win. I mean, I'm sorry, with in the win column. So, uh, any any rebuttal on offense before we move over to the defense? All right, nah, nah, no rebuttal. Defense overall, uh, of course. I said six sacks in the pregame show. They got five. I was sitting there counting. <laughs> <laughs> two, three, four, five. And I was waiting for that six, and they get close to giving me six. But this time we're going to start off with the Midnight Rider first. What you think about the defense overall? Then we'll throw it to the boss, BJ, to wrap it up. Uh, I think the stars of the day were Montez Sweat and Cole Holcomb. Holcomb had about 15 or 16 tackles, um, about eight solos or 10 solos. I don't have the exact numbers off the um, top of my head. Montez, what should I had three sacks? I don't know how they allow that one throw by Tannehill when he's in the grass to get off. Uh, I think the league has got to find that line because if you allow him to do that, then what if if the guy can't take him down to the ground aggressively? You got to give me one or the other. Like you can't always penalize a defensive player for tackling the quarterback too hard, and then all of a sudden you let him stand up there and 
um, struggle and throw a pass that normally Sweat would have taken him down by then. So I don't get that scenario. I don't understand why that's allowed, why that's in play. Secondary, I mean, they finally made the call on William Jackson. Thank God. Um, I mean, they shouldn't let somebody get abused like that on national TV or on TV, period. Uh, they should, I'm glad they sent support group out and helped him and got him off the field. And last but not least, uh, safeties. I, I just don't I just don't get the Bobby McCann thing anymore. Um, maybe it's just me. Uh, I just don't get them. I don't understand it. Overall grade, I, this is probably being nice. They were a C. But I just don't get how this team can get momentum and our defense just gives it away on the very next drive. Like they go, they get um, ran through like a hot knife through butter. So that's really it. I think they're a C. Uh, a couple of good performances, and that's about it. That's all. You know, I know, I know. We come on here and we we kill them. You know, when um, their performances are bad, but you know, give credit where credit is due, and I'll give them a C plus on defense just because they were giving Ryan Tannehill pressure. They got five sacks. Um, it does, you know, that 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 helps a lot. It throws the timing of the quarterback off when they know these guys are coming hot, hot and fresh, like you know, Krispy Kreme fresh dozen. You know, um, but. That Ryan Tannehill throw is is typical of is is and I said it to KG when he said I said that is a Ryan Tannehill bailout throw if I've ever seen one. That's what he does. But here's the thing, and you know, not not to stray off the subject a little bit, but the uh, that ghost roughing the passer call from in the Atlanta Tampa Bay game. I won't go too much into that. If I'm a defensive coordinator. I'm just telling my guys, you get a hold of him, slam him to the ground. I don't care. Because just like the Midnight Rider says, you, you're holding on to the guy. And even KG said it, that, that should have been blown dead because they had Tannehill for a couple seconds. Where's the line at? Now, if I slam this guy to the ground, you're going to give me a 15-yard unsportsmanlike conduct. Or if I don't, he makes a play that converts a big, a big, a big down for Tennessee. If I'm if I'm Jack Del Rio, which I'm not, I'm glad I'm not because he should be gone too. I'm telling all of the, if you get a hold of their jersey, slam them to the ground. I don't care. We'll take the fines because no one knows where the line is and the line can end up costing you the game. I think that was a third down. Uh, Ryan Tannehill made that play, right? That's, that's, they should have been off the field. They should have been off the field. Um, Cole Holcomb, you got to give credit to Cole Holcomb because a couple of those tackles, well, against 22, and he, he when he grabbed him, there's like no getting away. So we've seen what Derrick Henry has done to guys in this league, and I and that's one of the things you know we talked about last night. I thought they were super solid tackling. Like Derrick Henry had a couple runs here and there. For the most part, they kept him in check. You look at the stats from this game from the defense. You look at the score column, and it doesn't match. That should have been a W. But there are other issues on this team that we continue to talk about each season. So, And before we get into those issues, because one of the issues was time management. But defensively, uh, Cole Holcomb, like the Midnight Riders say, 15 tackles. Montez Sweat, six tackles. Uh, and Cole Holcomb had 11 tackles solo. Uh, six tackles from Montez Sweat, two uh, sacks. Bobby McCain, I, I love the Bobby McCain signing. 
Don't ask me why, but I always I loved it when we got him because we've been searching for a free safety since 21. And we haven't had a free safety that could play. Bobby McCain was the best thing we had going right then and there because I thought we had the strong safety in 26. And y'all still searching for a free safety. <laughs> it was a play. Um, and myself and the boss BJ, if you don't know, we were in the house yesterday. And I went off because Bobby McCain let a <laughs> he let a receiver get behind him. One of the first things they tell you playing free safety. Don't let nobody get behind you. If you got a backpedal till you backpedal up the tunnel, don't let nobody get behind you. I got yelled at for that one time. Never been yelled at it for about it again. How do you let a deep post go like that and get behind you to the point that they almost score six? And a hello to you too, Miss Monica Thornton. Hope you're having a wonderful night. You know, even though we just we all down the dumps right now. We won in full, so we down the dumps. Um, defensively, the defense. I got to get a defense of B minus. Got to get a defense of B minus. Um, Jamin Davis, man, he he played pretty well yesterday. He showed that he can make the tackles. And I was telling the boss, BJ, I said it's a lot more communication on that back end of that defense than they had when twenty six was there. Um. After that play, when Bobby McCain let the receiver get behind him, they didn't. Nobody else beat them. After that, they were there, and if they weren't there, they were closing in, and it was just a lot of gang tackles. The defense is solid. The the talent is there. I think the desire is there. It's just something not clicking. So, uh, next topic: final drive miscues. Uh, on that final drive, we had. Not only did Washington have miscues, but also the referees had miscues because Washington had two plays that the referees botched. Number one was the Cam Sims catch that they ruled not a catch. It wasn't. Number two, it, it was a, it was a catch. No, it wasn't, buddy. The ball—you can see the ball just from what they they do in the NFL. They've been consistent on certain things with the catch. Once you see the football move while he's sliding out of bounds and it actually gets some of the ground, that, that took the catch away. Yeah, and that's and that's what I was saying yesterday when we saw it on the replay monitor. He hit the ground and then that ball moved. And I was like, ah, that's that's probably what they're gonna get him on that ball moving right there. Um, so you know, it's it's like that's one of those ones where you have to take your fandom out of it and just put your football hat on and be like, ah, that's, that's not a catch. It's what the way they've been calling it. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's the same way with the Des Bryant thing many years ago when they were in green Bay, that wasn't a catch just because what you saw all year was proof that they weren't going to call the catch. Okay. So you can't change it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let me say this. Let me say this. And BJ, this is one of the many moments we watched opening weekend on Red Zone. This was the first few years of Red Zone. Calvin Johnson had a beautiful catch against Chicago. He went up, caught it, came down, fell. Touchdown, right? He puts the ball down and get up. They call it incomplete. How was that not a catch? They robbed him of that catch, that touchdown, and that win. That was a catch. Cam Sims caught the ball, got his hands under it. When he hit, his, the ball did not hit the ground. It was the, his hand. 
When he bounced off the ground, he went out of bounds. He was on the sideline past the solid white line. Yes, the ball did move, but he had already came down in bounds and was out. That was a catch. Then yeah, um, but, I want to just like, but just like Ben saying, if you go back through the rulings, it has to be a complete thing all the way through. No matter, and I know what you're saying because he hit the out of bounds strike, curled up with the ball. And you're thinking it should be over, but the way they've been calling it, and this is probably one of the only things they've been consistent about calling, is that if any time during that, that that I don't care if you hit out of bounds or you roll several times to get to the bench, if that ball comes out, that ball moves, they're calling it incomplete. And that's, okay. and that's, and that's, that's where they've been consistently with that, you know, and and, and like I said, the first thing we talked about when we saw the replay, I said the ball moved. Yeah, you so did. The ball moved a little bit, and I, you know, you, 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 you're at FedEx Field, so you know that they're showing the replay. But at the same time, if it's a damning piece of evidence, I don't think they would have shown it on the jumbotron. They let you know let the referee look at that. But yeah, he it moved so. I get where you're coming from, but it's been a consistent call, so it's like I'm not not mad at it, you know? Okay. Now explain this one away, and I'll leave this to, to either one of you gentlemen. Explain this away. I want to say it was Curtis Samuel. Gets the catch, backs his way out of bounds. The referee comes through, keeps it moving. He went out of bounds. Why didn't the clock stop? Now, I got an explanation from my son when I got home what they said on the broadcast, but why didn't the clock stop then when he went out of bounds? Because his momentum was going towards – coming back down the field, not going up the field. You can go out of bounds laterally, sideways, diagonally. As long as you're going forward, the clock stops. But because he's going backwards, the clock doesn't stop, and you wind it up again. That's a simple explanation right there, baby. And it's, a, it's 100% right. Um, I've, I've been listening to talk radio all day, and that's the explanation. Going backwards keeps that clock's mo- clock, clock moving. And, and, it, and if that's the rule, that's the rule. Um, but I think, you know, if you, you dive a little bit deeper into it, this is coaching. Why don't your players know that? Hold on, hold on. Because I know where you're going with that. And that's going to be next. That's next. But on that final drive, the boss BJ and I, and I were in the stadium. We listened to the fans talk about, oh, why didn't they run the ball? You on a two-yard line. Why didn't you run the ball? 13 seconds, clock's running. You have no timeouts. One run could probably eat up seven to eight seconds. My only problem was the play calling down there because it should have been something different, something that they weren't expecting. Hey, the good old draw play would have worked perfect because Carson Wentz probably could have walked in. But... Start with the midnight rider, give it to the boss, BJ. Those final three plays down on the two-yard line, what could have been done different? What did you see? You know, tell me your opinion of those final three plays in the game ceiling pick. Um, I don't like – when you get to the goal line, normally most teams run the same standard sprint right option, front cone, back cone with a backside guy dragging across the back of the end zone. You didn't see anything like that um, after the first play. The next two plays, it just looked like he had predetermined where he was going to go with the ball. 
So it wasn't even like he gave the other side of the field a chance. And he did this a couple of times. This might be just a Carson Wentz thing. But he stared down McKay, um, McKissick twice. And that's the only reason that ball is getting tipped, tipped away in that situation. It's just something – I think part of it was execution. I think the other part of it was just um, maybe a bad play call. Ah, where do I start? You got 13 seconds left. You just called your, your, your last timeout, so you have no timeouts left. If this was a functional team that was coached well, you could run the ball with 13 seconds left because all the players would know, hey, we got to get up. And at whatever cost it is, we got to get up, get the ball to the referee, spike the ball. More than likely, you run the ball once you get through that because you know Tennessee is very well coached. I said that a lot. When we played, when Buffalo played them, I said that yesterday, the defense is fast and they're well coached with Mike Braver. They just don't have a, a quarterback, okay? They know what to do. I think Washington, if they had ran the ball with 13 seconds up, they would have got one more playoff. They would have wasted that much time because they're not efficient. Just like the Curtis Samuel thing. It's just like... Even if your players don't know the rule book, your coaches should. So when you when you're talking to them, if you're in, you know, talking to Carson Wentz and his ear set, you have to have him reiterate the little things. Hey, if you're getting out of bounds, go forward. Hey, if you got, we don't have any timeout. So if you see if you catch the ball in the middle of the field, try to run straight to the sideline. Don't run in the middle of the field. Just little things that good teams do. Little, it's the little things that add up. And the little things add up to the end of the game when you got 13 seconds left and you don't have any more damn timeouts because you done burnt them for, for, for nonsense. It was a play in the game. It was a play in the game where Ryan Tannehill, instead of taking the timeout, they took the, the layup game and saved the timeout. They saved their timeout. And sometimes you have to do that because those timeouts could become so valuable. And you saw that last drive where now – I don't, I don't, the play calling was bad, but I don't disagree with the shotgun lineup because if you know I, I got I got to get this ball off in two or three seconds, you can get four plays off. You can get the fourth down. You get four plays off throwing quick passes. If you run that ball and for whatever reason you can't get out of bounds or nobody gets up in time, you may only have a chance for one more play left. Um, but, you know, this comes down to coaching. This is Ron Rivera. This is Scott Turner. They need to go. This is enough of this. This is, KG, you can go look it up. At this point in the season, five games in the season, Ron Rivera's third year, has he had a winning record after five or six games? He hasn't. And we're talking about the same things every season. Little things. If you listen to his press conference today, it just sounds like a man is tired. You know, it, it's not the same Ron Rivera that was in Carolina. It's, 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 not, it's not the same guy. And then I know he, he's taking the, taking the toll with the cancer, three name changes, two name change, whatever you want to call it, uh, and, a, and a cloud above him, which is ownership. But that's, it's not the same guy that was in Carolina because you don't, they don't, they didn't make those mistakes in Carolina. Yeah, he had, Cam Newton to save him and bail him out of situations, but it's it's just not the same guy, man. It's not. And, and at what point do you 
be like, okay, you got talent on offense, you got talent on defense, and it's the coach's job is to put the talent together to make something happen on the field. And we keep saying a stagnant offense on the field. They moved the ball on that last drive. Surprisingly, I thought they did a good job. Yeah, it was dink and dunk, but they he took what was available. That's all you could do with Tennessee. Ask Buffalo. Ask Pittsburgh. Ask, ask, ask the Ravens. That defense is probably one of the most the well most well coached defenses in the league. Fast. And if, if y'all were watching the game, the reaction time they have when they know what the play is and you see them linebackers jet, it's ridiculous. Like you, if you're a football guy, you notice that stuff. And it's like with that time, you gotta take that that's when it comes down. And I know I'm rambling, I'm sorry. I'm gonna get out of here. That's when it comes down to execution, route running, pinpoint route running is what you have to do against a team like Tennessee. You just can't go out there and just willy-nilly throw the ball around. You have to be precise with your things because they are on defense. So it get it's just like, how much more of this do we have to see, fellas? Now here's the thing. We'd have moved on and the boss BJ took us in right, he segued right into the next uh topic, which is blame game. What's next? Now, when I say blame game, who who who's taking the blame for this? Now, you got radio i i seen a, a somebody from radio i don't even remember who it was but they was like hey revere has to be gone at the end of the year i've heard fans say revere needs to be gone by the bye week um scott turner needs to be gone the whole coaching staff and, and my question is always and then uh uh bj sent me something yesterday D'Amico ryan everybody wants D'Amico ryan the whole fan base i don't want D'Amico ryan i don't even what what can he do you know, he may be the next hot assistant, but so was uh, 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 Kevin O'Connell. Who's winning? Who was here? Um, what was the other cat name? Um, used to he he coached in uh Seattle. Come on, help me out. He was uh one of the assistants under Pete Carroll, and he was one of the hot assistants. Uh, uh, both of the assistants. Um, the dude that's down in um that's went to Atlanta now. That's in one. Dallas. And then, uh, of course, I'm drawing a blank. Of course, both of them. But it was another one that was a real hot one. But he got passed Quinn. over. One is Quinn. Yeah, Dan Quinn is one, and it's another one. Um, what team? He, he it was Seattle. But um, shoot, look at Romeo Cornell. Look at Matt. Uh, uh, uh Matt Patricia. They were hot assistants. What did they do as head coaches? Um, Eric Bieniemy is a hot assistant. Been a hot assistant for years. Come on now, what are we going to do? Are we going to take a chance on the next hot assistant and fail? Or are you going to continue to, or what everybody said, oh man, we need to build better. We got a receiving core. We have, our receiving room is stacked. Ron Rivera said, why do all the other teams in the NFC East, why are all of them winning and you're not? He said one word, he said quarterback. I think he's regretting pulling the trigger on that Carson Wentz straight. I don't think the quarterback's the issue because I think Carson Wentz is playing pretty well. It's just not resulting in wins. We got running backs. We need a little bit more depth on the O-line, but that's coming together slowly but surely. Defensively, coming together slowly but surely. What do you mean we need to build? We are in a building process. It just ain't showing up. You want to blow it all up and trade Terry away and trade picks and do this and do that? Then you're going to be in here and we're going to have to lose for another five years. 
My whole point is you say fire Ron, you say fire the whole coaching staff. Who you gonna bring in here? Who wants to come in here to the shit show? Is my question. Because it is a shit show. Daniel Snyder does not want the 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 uh the problems that is gonna come with him firing Ron Rivera. He fires Ron Rivera, that's gonna create more problems for him, and it's gonna make us make national headlines yet again. He does not want those problems. So kill that Ron Rivera gone stuff. It's not happening. Not right now, at least. Fellas, let's start with the blame game. BJ, I'll start with you. Midnight Rider, you, you take it on. And then, you know, I, I'll finish it up. Who are you blaming for this one and four start? Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera. And when I said earlier that he's not the same guy i think that it's coming to a point where he's his voice is going deaf on the team i think that that's where you could be a good coach and sometimes you get your guys just are tired of hearing it and i think that's to the point where the commanders are with ron rivera and you made a point where you say you're receiving um core stack even more reason Scott Turner should be fired. It's no way in three hells that you got, and I know Jahan Dawson was missing yesterday, but you got Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel. We've seen that pretty much Curtis Samuel is, looks like he's 100% healthy. So it's just so many things that you could be doing on offense that aren't being done. Um, You know, Carson Wentz, you, you, you know, you flip the coin or Carson Wentz. You hope he come in here. You hope you can revive a little bit. You knew you was getting a big arm. We saw that yesterday. Um, but you would hope you could get him, you know, because he, Indianapolis last year was horrible. So you hope you get him in here. You can revive his career a little bit. And it's it's a slow but sure thing. Is You can see it. And at times he looks lost. Um, but the blame goes on Ron Rivera. Preparation. We talked about in this one and four start. We talked about strategy. All this is on a head coach. This is the man, and when the decisions come through the line, he can veto them, or he can approve them, or he can be like, now we're going with this. So we talk about preparation. We talk about strategy. The team coming out flat. We've talked about this the last three seasons. This team coming out and absolutely looks like they 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 just got off the bus. They hadn't practiced or anything. Ron Rivera. I, unfortunately, is as good as a coach Ron Rivera has been over his career. I just think for his time with the Commanders right now, I think it's over. Now, you know, you talk about them, you know, national headlines and stuff. This team is already making national headlines still for the wrong reasons. You know, and anything that come up with this team, you know, whether it's uh, the owners ousting Dan Snyder or just the shit show that is, you know, Washington, the, the shit bowl that is FedEx Field, wh- whatever it is, you know, is is that's not on uh, Ron Rivera, but the team's play and strategy and, you know, um, it's, it's Ron Rivera, man. Before I get out of here, before I send it to Midnight Rider, one thing I've been saying about Buffalo and Sean McDermott, and y'all have heard me say it, yeah, this is cute, yeah, but can you beat? 
Andy Reid? Can you beat Vrabel? Can you beat Tomlin? Can you beat Harbaugh? Because they have been out coaching you for the last couple of seasons. Now, he beat Vrabel a couple of weeks ago, but they don't have A.J. Brown. So that whole full Titans and Samoa, but they got Andy Reid next week. All right, they had Harbaugh last week. This is this is every everything, and you have to prove you can beat these and strategize with these guys. And right now, it looks like Ron Rivera is on the short end. What you got, Midnight Rider? Guys, you said so much. Um, I kept trying to, I wanted to jump in, but I didn't want to cut you off. Mid thought, but um, I think it's it's on Rivera because he's the coach and he's the GM, and I think his comment about the quarterback. You got to remember, there's only two teams in the NFL that in the last five week ones or six week ones, they've started a different quarterback every time. So I think his quarterback comment is more about the stability of the position, not who's in the position. Uh, the other thing is, I think Ron Rivera now is he's on four losing seasons in a row. And if they have a losing record this year, this will be his fifth. The only thing that's saving him, to be honest with you, is Dan Snyder um, being a show like KG said. Then, if we go another step further, I don't trust Dan Snyder to get this right. We haven't got it right yet. Everybody keeps saying, oh, bring a GM, bring in a GM. Well, every time we brought in a GM, the coach was the person that brought the GM with them. They didn't. We didn't hire a GM. Let the GM do the search like he should to hire the coach. So, so what makes you think this is going to work this time? You know, he's we've always done it the wrong way. I had a guy I used to coach with. He said, "There's only one way to do things, and that's the right way." And that's what I mean. That's what we're not doing. We're not doing it the right way. So it doesn't even matter. Like you can go get whomever, and the structure around it is so so messed up, and the and the. And the floors creak, and and the walls don't stay up. There ain't no paint on the walls. Uh, there's there's stuff hanging out. Windows are broken. So, like, I just don't see it right now. I don't have confidence in that guy. I'd rather him stick with this dude another year and then figure it out. But I just don't have the confidence or the faith that we'll have a proper structure. You said something very interesting. And, and I think that's a that's like the headline of Ron Rivera's press conference when he said quarterback. You have to think of what this man has dealt with. This is a veteran coach. This is some, this is not somebody that doesn't know what to say in front of the camera. Don't forget he dealt had to deal with Cam Newton. Okay, and Ben made a good point about the stability versus who's in a position. I think when he said that, it's a shot at both. I think he's saying that he's not getting the quarterback play he would like and the stability of the position. This ain't a rookie coach. This is a guy that is um, solid as far as like foundation-wise. Solid, solid guy, knows how to motivate men. And that was one of the pluses of him coming here. It's like, you know, somebody could change the culture. You're hoping it could be Ron Rivera because he's a solid guy and all his guys like him. But that quarterback that quarterback uh, comment, KG, that was strong. I think that was strong. I think it was a, it was one of them Mike Tyson uppercuts where it jolts your whole body. And ain't just targeting. 
You hit it, it hits, it hurts here, but you feel it all down here. And you just want to go lay down and take a nap. I think, <laughs> you know, but that, when I heard him say that, I was like, ooh. I, and, and what did I tell you yesterday? I'm going to throw it to you, KG. What did I tell you yesterday? I said, how much longer of Alicia's wins have before you see Heineken? That's true. That is absolutely true. Uh, well, let me start with the blame game. I blame uh unicorns and the mud men. Um, Ron Rivera can't do no wrong in my eyes as a fan. As a football personality, as someone that loves the game overall, the blame has to come from the top. And you can't put together a winning organization if you ain't right within yourself. And Midnight Rider, you said it. We never had the structure right. You hired the coach, and then you hired Marty Herney, and then you hired Martin Mayhew. And I was happy that Martin Mayhew was coming home. I was very happy about that. If you think back, no, nobody – Dan Snyder doesn't really like coaches that pick his own players. And a lot of coaches feel like if I'm going to do the cooking, I'm going to shop for the groceries. And I think that's something – I think your GM and your head coach should be attached to the hip. We all talking every day, and he's like, all right, I'm going to go get what you need. You give me a list, I got it. If – I'm the GM and, and, and Midnight Riders, the owner, BJ's the head coach. It's no way in four hills, the three of us shouldn't be conversating about the business side, the field, the football business side, what we want to do, what we want to get going. And Midnight Rider, as the, as, as the owner, I don't think he should be doing a lot of interjecting to the point that, you know, we got to make decisions based on what he feels because we get he's paying us to do a job. Let's do the job. We don't have that here. That's one of the problems that we have. So in my opinion, the blame game starts all the way at the top. So if you're going to take it down, we got to take it down to bare bones from the top because the organization is not right. Having guys that you know well, that you work with well, is good, but it's also bad. After this loss this week, he said the comments about quarterback. He said only place we can go is up. Everybody's assholes need to tighten up because your job can be next. That's the way it's got to be around. I, are they still calling it Redskin Park? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the, 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 the oh, I'm sorry, the command post. I'm sorry. That's that. That's got to be the the the. Ugh. That's got to be the the attitude around the command post. So, but um, what's next? Second half of this question. I'll start with the Midnight Rider. What's next? What What do we do? How do we write the ship? Where do we go from here? Well, there's one person I don't need to see at all anytime soon, um, and that's Norwell. I mean, that dude was getting abused. Uh, he want he. I guess I don't know. Maybe he's just doing this to audition for um, the NFL Top 100, so he could be one of the people that do the voices, and you know, he can just talk. Yeah, Jeremy Simmons ate my lunch this day, and this dude dominated me, and this dude dominated me. I mean, it's he's trying to get these people on the show by himself. So I'd rather go with the kid, man, see if they can get something out of Chris Paul. Um, I need my center not to think he Pete Weber. 
I don't need the ball rolling back to the quarterback. So that's another joker that's got to go. Um, hopefully Larson's is back this week. But even if Larson isn't back, somebody, I mean, Pete, bring back Keith Ismail. At least, I mean, he might get ran over, but at least he'll snap the ball to you. Um, and I think that hurt them this weekend too in some of the time and other plays and just your quarterback having to take his eyes off of the downfield action just to make sure when the ball come rolling back, you know, he can get his hands on it. So, I mean, that's really all it is for me. I just want to see some semblance of organization from this team. I want to see Davis be used a little bit more in rushing the passer. I want to see Bobby McCann sitting next to Will Jackson, sitting next to um, Norwell. So, and if you go to a quarterback, I need those three to be sitting beside Taylor Haneke, and I need to see Sam Howell. I'd rather go with the big unknown just because I know what um, what you call it is. You, hey, those two throws yesterday that Wentz made, mm, Haneke ain't doing that. So now you got to change your offense and scale it down. And I don't know, man. I see the face, but I'd rather go with the arm sound over, over the guy that's just going to be plucky and, yeah. Yeah, that's all I see next, man. I see changes Changes have to be made, and it has to be done um, with some kind of consistency because you can't keep telling us it's about competition. You can't keep telling us about execution if the guys that you got in, in the lineup aren't doing either one of those things. That's all I got, man. I think the one big thing is I'm going to keep mine quick. If you get to a point in the season – you're one and four, one and five, one and six. When do you pull Carson Wentz? Because if he plays 70% of his snaps, y'all owe Indianapolis a number two pick. And you have to be, and it's not even about tanking. You have to be conscious of that. If you're, you need that number two pick. If you come out this gate, I mean, who they play? They play Chicago Thursday. They're probably going to drop that. They play Green Bay. Is it Green Bay next? After that, they're probably going to drop that. And then what is it, the Vikings after that? I think it's Indianapolis, then the Vikings. Indianapolis and the Vikings. I just, I think the only chance they have of winning a game is the Chicago game. I'm just being honest. So if you go out now and you're two and seven, you have to really think about pulling Carson Wentz and who, I don't care who you start at this point. Trust Wade can go at quarterback, but you cannot afford to give up a second-round pick in the state that this franchise is in, especially when you have two known turntables on the offensive line. You you can't. You need that second-round pick. Um, and Indianapolis got over because there ain't no way that I would, 70% of Carson Wentz snaps, I give you a fourth-round pick. Ain't no way out of out of out of I, and I know you're 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 hoping that you can get Carson Winston here and you know get make magic, but nah, nah, I think I think Washington got got, but they can control the situation. Like I said, if you go out and you only win one game over the next four or five weeks, I'm pulling Carson Wentz. Or even depending on when is the trade deadline now with the 17 games? When is the trade deadline? I want to say week nine, week nine, week ten, something like that. Like pull the trigger on trading them somewhere that uh, a team that might want a quarterback. Hmm. Well, let me say this. And Midnight Rider, you said something that, yeah, I made a face. Um, Going with the big unknown. 
And you know, a lot of people were saying they wanted Sam Howell to start the season and this, that. Oh, the kid got a big arm. I'm not going off of what was done in practice. And I, I hate to go back and I hate to 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 go from, you know, make Keefe from the block, the 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 whipping boy. But he said that about Terrell Pry, how Terrell Pry was gonna have eleven hundred yards in the season off of one catch in practice. One catch. I'm not going off of that. Uh, I'll turn the I'll turn it over to Heineke to get something going before I turn it over to Howell. Howell might see some spot duty, but he 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 he's not gonna gonna start. Um, and November first is the trade deadline. Uh, Lady C is in the text window. She said Carson, Carson needs to step up, step it up, or get out the way. And I agree. But here's the thing: statistically, he's not playing bad. That's what I'm saying. It's just. His play is not resulting in wins. That's the problem. And they're not losing games. You know, of course, they got blown out in Dallas, but they're not losing games by a lot. Four points here. You know, you need a turnover. You're not getting it. You know, this is the thing that I'm talking about. But what's next? I I, I don't even know. Because whatever you've been doing, throw it out the window because it ain't working. So that's what's next. But you gotta come, to, you gotta come into the Chicago game and you gotta you gotta crack some heads. You gotta smash something. But uh moving on to our final topic of the night in the midnight ride, I'm gonna give it to you first. Cause you called this on the pregame show. Brian Robinson Jr. He came back and he was the last player introduced out the tunnel yesterday. And I mean the whole entire stadium stood up. Twitter's talking about it. Instagram's talking about it. I believe Facebook's talking about it because when he came out, they played Many Men by 50 Cent. And they said that was probably the most hardest and gangster shit that happened in the NFL in a long time. Uh, I'm going to let you take this one and run with this because this is all you. You called this, and I got to give you flowers. I don't know if you called down to the field and said, hey, this is what y'all need to do, but you did the damn thing. So what you got? No, I mean, I think the, the the mini men thing is probably one on the list. Number two, don't forget when um, Omar passed away, the Ravens did the whistle. I think they do the whistle now before the game, so that's tough too. Um, but I just thought about the story, man. It's nothing. It's nothing this world needs but a story of somebody doing something good. You know, him being in, in a position where something happened, he overcame it. I mean, that's just the story of of this world. That's the story of what we we get into. So I just felt like if this team had any kind of class, any kind of just someone who can just, who had any kind of sense, I mean, not the guy that picked out the porta potties to put Sean Taylor's family in front of, not that guy, not the guy that spelled London Fletcher wrong on the, um, on the placard and called him Flecker. Um, not the guy that made the labels wrong on the, on the seals with all the wrong dates they finally got some guy to do his job. He had one job to do, and that was introduce this man last, and that's what they did. Um, they actually acted like they had some kind of sense. So I just really was happy for that, man, that they actually just did the right thing for the first time in a long time. Hey, man, I ain't really got too much to add to that except that can you imagine if they had put him in on that final series and he walked in for the touchdown? I mean, and it was something I was thinking of because he was 
He was down on the sideline near, you know, the offensive subs. He was waiting. And I was like, put him in. That might that might be what you need. That might because you know he's hungry. You know, he's hungry. You know, the couple runs he had, he was running hard. You know he he wanted it. it sometimes you just you gotta play off of that, man. And you know, uh it is what it is, but uh, I I echo everything the Midnight Rider just said. And I, I I'm right there behind it and for once, we got it right. Now, that patch, oh, my God. I was thinking about that sitting in the stadium. I was like, how do you get that wrong? How do you get that patch wrong? And Jason Jason Wright was like, well, well that's the years that we – no, no, no. Dude, you, you, you've been in this organization long enough to know. 37, 42, 82, 87, 91. It's, easy. it's on everything. Five-time world champions. Five. Five-time world champions. Count them. Five times. Always remember that. Uh, Lady C says that the offense starts out good and then gets sloppy. And she says Brian Robinson was a feel-good story, which is exactly what it was. Exactly. Um, Man, I just I, I wish it would have turned out and it would have been a W for more reasons than one. You know, even my own selfish reason of it being my birthday, you know. But – one thing I can say is that Washington very rarely wins on my birthday. So, when, especially when my birthday falls on a Sunday, uh, talked to the guys in the truck. One of the statisticians brought something to me. He said that on my birthday that falls on a Sunday, that the Redskins are zero and ninety nine. So, yeah, yeah, hell of a stat there. Hell of a stat, man. Hell of a damn stat. So, uh, but when my birthday falls on a Monday, they are one in seventy four. So, you know, at least I got one win in his lifetime once. And if you don't know the man, that is not a real stat. <laughs> but uh, it's funny. But uh, last and final thoughts, gentlemen, uh, before we get up out of here, um, we got preseason basketball. Uh, Wizards are playing on – they're playing the Hornets tonight. Uh, high hopes for the Wizards this year, fellas, or – we just we, we we just gonna say hey yeah go is I mean I'm not gonna say they winning 50 games this year. I already owe BJ two breakfasts, uh, two lunches, and three dinners. They let me down enough. I'm good. So uh, midnight rider. Well, I just like for the home team to um, at least be a good watch. They don't have to be good. They just gotta be a good watch. Um, last year when they started out with that high streak, I was just I was shocked. I mean, they had 10 wins in the first 13 games. I'd never experienced anything like that. I mean, I, I think I got a sugar rush off of that. And then yeah, that that playing, woo. <laughs> Man, I'm uh, talking about the bottom falling out. It, it it was quick, it was terrible, it was painful to watch. So um I'm going to watch because I'm interested to see how they're going to mix in Porzingis. How, is, is Kuzma going to keep trying to sell or take the bigger strides and bigger steps um, in his career? I know you guys don't like Bradley Bill on this show, so um, I'm just going to say, you know, Brad is if Brad is solid. I, I think they have potential to maybe get in that play in and just see what happens. Uh, but they, they have potential. I mean, that's all you can say. I mean, we've probably been saying they even had potential for um, 45 years now, but they got potential, you know. 
And I just I just think this this team is going to have a brand of basketball that maybe we can get behind as a city. And, you know, again, it's not my team, but, um, you know, I like the purple and gold with 17, baby. But, you know, it's just we'll see, man. That's what it is. It's wait and see. I'm going to tell you the issue with this team, I'd say, every year. When they started preseason, they played Golden State. Steph Curry was playing in that game. All Golden State stars are playing. Guess who wasn't on the floor? Bradley Bill. And he's not playing again tonight. The downfall of this franchise is going to be giving the keys to Bradley Bill. That's going to be their downfall. Go ahead, Ben. What you got? What you got? The man had COVID. He was in the safety protocols. It's always something with him. Do y'all notice that? When it's time to play ball, it's always something wrong with Bradley Bill. And I to to this point where, where we are now, I just don't think he wants to play in these games. And they're allowing it, which is going to be their downfall. This team right here, their ceiling for me is the six seed not being not not having to play the playing games and then getting uh thrashed in the first round. That's that's the because just think of we, we I've been talking about this team for forever and the same thing happened this year. The Cavaliers got Spider Mitchell. Cavaliers got they were already beating the Wizards. Cavaliers just added Spider Mitchell. You still gotta go through Milwaukee, Chicago. They're not they're not that good. We don't even know what they're putting on the floor. How to how to the trio with Kuzma, the unicorn, and Bill's gonna work. I mean, if Bill play, if he plays, if he plays, you know, six, fifth, sixth seed out the first round. That's 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 my that's my snapshot right now of this team. But I'm just I'm waiting for the guy that gave all this damn money to to show up in the preseason game. I mean, it would be nice. It'd be nice to see you know get some. You know, gelling going now and stuff, but like I said, it's always something wrong with number three. Always. Ain't that right, big guy? Well, I tell you something that ain't wrong with this number three. I, I show up. I mean, and I understand what Ben's saying, Bradley Bill slander. I get it. I get it. That's your man's. I get that. When he didn't show up in the bubble, and all he had to do was come in, ball out. Them young boys needed him. He on oh, my shoulder. I'm just. I decided to have shoulder surgery. Now you've been playing with this this long. Now, now broke my heart because I love Bradley Bill. Broke my heart because he did it. So, <laughs> Captain Optimus. <laughs> Ooh Lord. Well, that's all our time, and we almost hit our target time. We had a buffer zone, and we did it. So, we are. Uh, gonna wrap this up let's put a pin in this wizard talk because we're gonna need to come back to this come tomorrow i think we need to come back tomorrow and talk some nba because we got preseason heating up um lebron james got a new commercial out that's absolutely fire uh the 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 uh lakers midnight rider your lakers uh somebody said give um ad the keys but somebody called him captain street clothes so um we, we need to talk NBA tomorrow so that tomorrow put that pen right there. We need to talk NBA because we got three different opinions 
And, you know, you got the Lakers, the Wizards, and myself with the Bulls. A lot going on. I mean, Midnight Rider ain't really got to worry about us. He got one of the greatest players on the planet right now uh, in LeBron James coming into what? What is this, year 19, year 20? They're going to be fighting for their playing lives. Man, I don't oh, know. Wow. We, got the, we got the big medicine cabinet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we will we will talk about that tomorrow. Uh Lady C, thank you for joining us in the text window. Know you wanted to be here. And I know you probably take off tomorrow night since we're talking NBA, but you need to have your behind here and ready to talk. Even if you don't, even if you only moderate, that's fine. But for the midnight rider, the boss BJ, I'm the big guy KG. You know the you know the rules. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here. <laughs>